Sirens. Chapter 21 All right, my girl. Yeah. Got a little woozy on that one. Her gaze caught on Matt's face. He's not... He lives. He's strong. She knelt down beside him. The sense of disturbance came from the bridge. It wasn't just the sirens, she decided. It was something else, some disruption of the steady and orderly roar of the city. I'm sorry we couldn't save her. She wasn't suited to the world anymore. If she'd been unafraid. Ash didn't look away from her work. Maybe they're all lost, those girls. He corrupted them. She had the chance for a kind of life. When I knew her as a human, she was different. I went there. I was touched by him, too. Are we corrupted? I am a vampire, after all. Marianne looked at the new cottonwoods. And me? She still didn't know if it was good luck or bad. You are a veritable tyrant when it comes to watching money. Oh my god. Ash checked Matt, smiling. We can only wait and ward against what ill may come. That sounds... Unsettled. She thought for a minute. You do that, don't you? You watch yourself. I'd hate to turn feral. You took Ash. Ash's smile was quick, but genuine. Where did you send it? I don't know. I wasn't thinking of any place that I knew. I was just feeling... I don't know. But it's not all in the same place. And it's not coming back. You know. Yeah, she said a bit surprised to realize that it was true. I mean, I was asking for different places. Kinda. It's hard to explain. Marianne looked out toward the bridge again. Revolving lights flashed over the superstructure, casting strange shadows in blue and red. Go find John. Are you sure? I can take care of things here. I'll take him back to the car when it's time to move. Let me know if you need help. She patted his shoulder gently. He was as cold as Ash. I'll call. She was a little dizzy, but a brisk walk helped clear her head. The siren's patch of winter steamed, already melting at the edges. Moisture stuck her clothes to her skin. She shrugged them loose and shed the spell of the siren while she was at it. It was madness at the bridge. Emergency vehicles, news vans, rescue workers, and reporters all crowded onto the end of the deck. Cars honked cut off from their commute or stopped on the bridge and trapped by the cars behind them. At the fringes were the rubberneckers. Beyond the police cordon was a crowd of very pissed-off commuters demanding answers from poker-faced cops. Past that, she could see little clusters of people, some sitting, others milling around, aimless and confused. A few drifted between the gridlocked cars. Every so often a bunch of emergency workers would flock to one and sweep him towards a van. The cops lining the cordon looked official and unfriendly. Emergency workers were being allowed through. Firefighters and paramedics and stuff. Other people who looked like construction workers or engineers or something could go through too. All of them in safety vests and proper gear. She watched a minute, waiting to jump into it like double dutch. A coat or something official looking would be nice. She drifted around, trying to act casual. It was too cold for people to have abandoned their coats within easy reach. Act like you belong, 
She took a breath and sidled into the end of a line of official randoms. Where do you think you're going? A cop bowled his way between her and the group. The badge and uniform were more than enough to stop her, not to mention the chunky, equipment-filled belt. She was glad she didn't have her gun with her. As it was, her knife felt like it was burning against her back out of guilt. I need to get on the bridge. Officials only. Someone I know is on there. I saw him. The cop cocked his head. Someone. Family. My stepdad, she added, hoping that it would sway him without having to prove anything. Go wait over there with the others. He gestured to a small group of normal-looking people corralled under one of the stone lions. How long do you expect us to wait? I don't even know if... if he's alive. She didn't expect to trip over that. It was just supposed to be a way to make him feel guilty. He didn't look guilty. Just pitying, with maybe a little sympathy. We'll release them as soon as we're finished with them. She eyed the normies and raised her voice. Finished with them? What are you doing to them? What? A lady. A wife, maybe. Shrieked the word and stormed over. What do you mean, finished with them? Ma'am, what are you going to do to my dad? A guy shouted, followed by a chorus of voices demanding answers to a dozen questions. Marianne slipped into the crowd, sifting back until she reached the railing. When it seemed like no one was watching, she leaned out. You can make doors, you dipshit. She stretched up, trying to see where she could open a gate without being seen by too many people. I need a word with you. Nikki's hand felt like iron. Marianne was dragged behind a convenient pole. She was lifted off her feet. The seams of her clothes dug in painfully. Fuck off! I thought you'd turn up around this mess. This isn't us. We're trying to fix it. Nikki shook her head. I came here to talk to you. She looked around. Without your pet darkling. Not saying jack shit until you let me go. Nikki laughed humorlessly and watch you walk through a hole in space. I don't need my feet on the ground to do that. Lucky for you, I'm good-natured. Need some help? Jesus! Corporal Varma smirked. Not really. She jerked her chin at Nikki. You really want police attention right now? Nikki looked annoyed more than worried. That was disconcerting. She leaned in close. Varma cleared her throat and shifted, enough that her service weapon was visible. I'm no fool. I felt something that night. It was you, and a hole in time. It was just a door. You're an idiot. You can't know what damage you might have caused. I know that my friend is alive, and no one else dies tonight. Nikki was pissed, for sure, but there was something else that was kind of soft, and it scared Marianne more. I hope you grow old enough to understand how wrong that can be. Marianne was dumped unceremoniously to the ground, Nikki spared a nod for Varma. Sorry, officer. You have a good night. Varma stared after her, bemused, then shrugged and offered Marianne a hand. She ignored it and straightened her clothes. One problem gone. For the moment, anyway. Now she had to get rid of... It would be risky to climb along the side, and someone would see you anyway, and probably arrest you. Wait, what? You were trying to get onto the bridge. Oh, come on! Give me some credit, she added, looking a little offended. I didn't make rank on my looks. I knew this was your brand of weird. Same as your impressively robust friend. I'm gonna get what I came for. Guy on the bridge? Marianne felt rebellious. That's a yes. Well, 
They're questioning everyone. Paramedics want to check them. That kind of thing. She couldn't be sure, but she thought that might be a very bad idea. If she turned up at another weird thing happening, it might draw the attention of more cops. Ones Ash hadn't whammied. If she had. Pharma wasn't acting like the library guy at all. What was it? The longer it went on, the more natural Thrall seemed? She really had to ask more about that. I can get you in. Why? I told you. I want to help. She shrugged. You can give me all the suspicious looks you want. It isn't going to change my mind. And I don't need any encouragement. That was rude, by the way. After I pointed you to the fishermen and everything. Wait, you're Colonel Colonel? The one and only. How did you know it was me? Online safety shouldn't be taken lightly. She thought the chat rooms were pretty anonymous, but she hadn't thought anyone was looking for her specifically, either. Marianne looked back at the cop, still trying to calm worried family. There were even more now, and each new family member launched another round of shouts and questions. She almost felt bad for him. We'll get around him, Varma said. Come on. She followed Varma along the cordon to the far side of the bridge, where she spoke for a few minutes with the watchful police. Jurisdiction? Was Varma pulling rank or pulling strings? How much trouble were she and John going to be in? Varma waved her over and Marianne edged past the cob. Too much like the library, maybe. Being where she wasn't supposed to be. Is this part of what happened when I shot your friend? Varma stared down a paramedic who had overheard. It's done, Marianne said. Everything okay? I don't know yet. They circled a car full of a family loaded up for camping. If Matt was okay, maybe the Squamish trip would be good for him. She might even still be invited. Think so, though. Why are you doing this, really? Why did you start looking for weird things? Varma dodged a parked motorcycle. Marianne eyed it. Too impractical, anywhere with winter. But they sure looked cool. My older sister. She said she saw things. When we were playing as kids... She'd start talking to herself. I thought it was to herself. When I asked what she was doing, she said she was talking to the others. Other kids who were playing with us. I thought she was just telling stories. She knew so much about them, and there was so much detail. But kids always tell stories. I made fun of her, but she never faltered. Never cracked a smile. No tells, you know? Sometimes she'd warn me about trouble, and she was always right. I started to believe her. She was quiet a moment. Our parents didn't. They made sure she stopped talking about it. They convinced her it was all in her head. After her daughter was born, it started again. She said her sister-in-law was haunted and would never have children. Things like that. Her marriage started to fall apart. Her voice twisted. Her husband had a firm hand, I suppose you could say. I'm sorry. She passed away, and then I saw her again. I still see her, sometimes. And other things. Things like the reports we collected up in Prince. Gas leak hallucinations. I know better than to say anything, though. They'd come to the first of the uncollected victims, the ones still wandering. She stretched up to see if John was anywhere close. Everyone wears baseball caps, she groused. John! At least five men turned, hopeful, expectant. God damn it. John Campbell! They started across the bridge, 
And there were so many people. No. Men. They were all men who had come to answer the siren. Only men could hear the siren then. Could have. Past tense. It was so gone. Scattered through a dozen different empty blacknesses. Other than being guys, no one on the bridge had anything in common. Old and young. Various backgrounds. What looked like every kind of job. She kept shouting until her voice was ragged. She carefully didn't think about the bodies tumbling into the water below. Marianne? A shadowy, vaguely John-shaped form stood up, bracing a hand against the bridge for support. She couldn't figure out what was wrong at first. He blurred, and she flung her arms around him, tears dampening his shirt. Why am I on this bridge? He patted her back gently. He gave really good hugs. She sniffled and wiped her eyes, stepping back. What do you remember? He scratched his head. That was it. He wasn't wearing a hat. The bitch hadn't even let him have his hat. I guess I turned on the radio? There was a really good song playing. He looked around. What time is it? Your mom is going to kill me if I'm late getting back. Maybe you should be doing your catching up while we move along, Varma said. If anyone asks, you are both in cars that ran out of gas. They're letting people go buy gas. She looked at John. Keep quiet. Don't let slip you were out here with the others. You won't see your family for days. The other cop said they were releasing them. When they're done with them. At their discretion. Since John was witness to the events last summer, they'll likely pay him special attention. Ultimately, that will come back to you. She shrugged. I'd do it. I assume someone must be clever down here. John was quiet. She hoped it was just shock from what had happened. The idea that he was biding time until he could ask questions she didn't want to answer hung over her head like a black cloud. Varma was careful, easing through stalled traffic and the scramble of emergency vehicles to make sure that the cop who'd seen her before wasn't around. Marianne kept her hand firmly on John's arm. He could walk on his own well enough but let her do it just the same. Until they were past the police line and off the bridge, she made sure he was right there. Hey! Hey, wait! Varma opened the back door of her ghost car. Get in. Be quiet. Marianne saw the cop who'd stopped her before. Trust me? It was John who broke the stalemate by clamoring in. She followed him, staring at Varma even after the door was shut. The cop managed to break free of the crowd and Varma went to meet him. Think you can tell me what's going on? She dragged her eyes away from the animated discussion. I don't know. That cop said she'd help me get on the bridge to find you. Uh-huh. He didn't believe her. And she wouldn't believe her either. She flogged her brain for a lie. Is everything okay? I don't know yet, she said, grateful for the opening. I hope so. Then I'll trust you. One day, maybe you can trust me. Trust you enough to let you marry my mom. She mumbled, turning back to the view outside. Varma looked untroubled. Marianne wondered how much clout she had. What's that? You heard what you heard. She shifted. Varma turned on her heel and strode to her car, long coat flaring dramatically. That was a look. Marianne wondered if she could carry it off. Think I'll just take that as a win and not press my luck. Varma got in, humming tunelessly. Guy looks mad. He's an asshole. Better get while the getting's good.